Welcome to the Garden Report. We are here in the queue. I'm Jared Weiss. I'm joined by the legend, Coach Nick of B-Ball Breakdown. Thank you so much for coming on with us. My pleasure. So, we just saw an amazing game. A game where we were losing our minds at the end because we were just waiting for LeBron to take over. Mm-hmm. It never happened. It was Marcus Smart took over, I guess. Mm-hmm. So the Celtics win 111 to 108. Avery Bradley hits what is essentially a buzzer-beating three going down at 0.1 right from the spot where we're standing right here on the court. So let's look at those last few plays, those ATOs that Brad Stevens is legendary for that LeBron James was drooling over, starting with that Jonas Jarebko, uh, I guess it was a two technically. Yeah, no, he got his foot in the line, but it was a nice hop shot, which was really exciting for me because the pass is a little bit to his right, so he had to hop over to get it. The uh, the thing, though, that started it all was Marcus Smart basically like tackling uh, uh, the uh, Avery Bradley's man. It was weird, and I think that there was a screw-up there. I don't think that a, uh, Smart was supposed to cut across the court there, but anyway, it opened up a whole C, and uh, another bad rotation by the Cavaliers. Four guys surround Bradley. He had his choice. He had Crowder in the right corner. He had Jarebko in the left, and he had his own shot, uh, so so it was a, a well-designed play that, you know, good balance, and they got a good shot. And Avery said after the game that the play was actually designed for him to get a layup. And I asked him about that pass, and he said that he knew LeBron was going to crash down on him. Right. And I think that was part of the issue with Cleveland was everybody else was crashing down, and then LeBron, in addition, wants to crash down. So they had four guys in the paint with one guy behind Bradley. So mm-hmm. the Cavs literally collapsed onto one guy in the paint, and they had all those options. Usually... Bradley isn't necessarily adept at making that play, but he's good enough to make it. And this was a night where everybody stepped up with Thomas out and everybody was making those kind of plays. Yeah, it was, it was very exciting because, you know, they were down by so much and we were pretty much sitting there going to say, this is over. There's no way they're coming back in the queue. And yet it was like we kept laughing to ourselves because, you know, the smart went off and then Jarebko was playing well and he's getting in people's faces. And so it was just one of those wonderful underdog moments that you get, you know, rarely in the playoffs. But this is when they did it. And it was uh, it was great to see. And according to Vegas, this was the biggest upset in a conference finals play game ever. Really? I didn't know that. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not sure how far back that goes, but ESPN had that. It was a 16-and-a-half line. Wow. And Al Horford said that everybody counted them out, and they bounced back. They really bounced back. Mm-hmm. But it was a bounce on the final shot of the game. Oh, yeah. That really did it. Yeah. And, I mean, this one was going to overtime, so it wasn't like literally the entire game was hanging on it. But that ball was a great example of shooting mechanics, and you're someone that's an expert on shooting mechanics. We saw that the way that the backspin can really benefit a shooter there, where there was so much backspin on the ball that a ball that easily could have bounced pretty hard off the rim or fallen to the right off the rim somehow stayed over the cylinder. Oh, yeah. It hung on there and it gripped. And also, it wasn't too high. Like, it had a perfect arc, 45 degrees or so. And that's what lets it sit on the rim and just bounce it. I think it hit the backboard a little bit and then rolled back in. Uh, And from that angle is why it's key. If he was shooting from the corner, you don't get that kind of a roll. Uh, And it went right in. And also, again, we must give kudos to Brad Stevens because this out-of-bounds play was ran to perfection. And the timing of it was really crucial, right? Because if you go too early, then maybe they get a chance to get another shot you know, to win it or something or to tie it. Um, and they, if you go too late, then you don't get the shot off. So uh, a really great design play. And I'm thinking that J.R. Smith is going to get beaten up tonight by the Cavaliers because he screwed up the, the switch if they wanted to switch everything. They had two guys going to Crowder, curl into the basket. By the way, Crowder was open too. Yep. 
and uh, although a tougher shot turning, but he was open in the lane. And uh, so Stevens created something that was, uh, you know, going to get them a great shot no matter what. See, this is how you know he's a coach because that's exactly what Stevens talked about in this presser, which you didn't even see, was talking about the timing of executing that off-ball action mm -hmm. was they wanted to get going at six seconds because they didn't want the Cavs to have time on the clock. But also Stevens was praying for the ball to stay up over the rim and bounce <laughs> around for a few extra seconds because that, that ball bouncing around was literally the difference between the Cavs having two and a half seconds probably to mm -hmm. get a playoff versus nothing at all. Right, which, you know, they're the basketball gods shown down on them for that one because you can never control all that but either way you know it still would have been tough for the Cavs to try and do something uh, down two at half court with you know probably under two seconds but again uh, it, it, that's how you get rewarded when you run and execute a play like that and uh, just, I love that kind of play where they curled uh, as a double down screen uh, for Crowder he curls early and then the second that second screener is there to screen for Bradley uh, LeBron doesn't jump out or I'm sorry Tristan Thompson doesn't jump out he sees it and is way late uh, and just a nicely designed play and uh, that's what makes a coach feel great when you can run a play and it comes right out of the way you want it and they get the shot and when Horford's able to get a little grabby on that on that pin down screen but that's uh, the playoffs right a little grabby but yeah certainly they're, they're not calling that unless the guy's bleeding well I mean he might have been bleeding J.R. Smith is a bloody guy we all know that <laughs> that is right well, well we'll have to check him out later okay we'll come back in part two and we'll talk about what Marcus Smart did in his career performance before we go if you want to hire someone the best way to do it is using ZipRecruiter if you go to ZipRecruiter.com slash sports fans for this guy right here you're going to be able to sign up for ZipRecruiter for free and post your job to hundreds of job boards across the Internet. So go to ZipRecruiter.com slash sportsfan. We'll be right back on the Garden Report postgame show on CLNS Media Network and Celtics blog. It's the NBA playoffs, and having the right players on the court will be the key to your success. The sharp outside shooter or power rebounder can be the difference between winning and losing. Business really isn't any different. Your company needs the right people to be the best. So where can you find the top talent? Go to ZipRecruiter.com. You can post your job to 100-plus job sites with one click. Then their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people for the positions you're looking for. And right now, my listeners can start forming their own winning team on ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash sportsfan. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash sportsfan. I can tell you this, CLNS Radio uses ZipRecruiter to recruit all of our new hires. It's easy, it's effortless, and in this business environment, it's one less stress off your plate. And guess what? It's free because you listen to The Garden Report. Simply go to ZipRecruiter.com slash sportsfan to get your free listing today. Welcome to part two of the Garden Report. We're going to take a look at what the rest of the Celtics roster did. Before even, I mean, just to take a quick note, LeBron James had one of the worst performances in his playoff career, and the Celtics were able to take advantage of that, and the first person that did that was Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart had probably the best game of his entire career. <laughs> yeah. Set a career high for scoring, was orchestrating really well, but his three-point shooting was the big thing. He had one of his best three-point shooting nights ever, mm -hmm. and it was because he was shooting without nerves or thought. He was just firing away. Yeah, well, 
rhythm is a really important thing about shooting. And when a player is thinking too much or he's too concerned about whether it's a good shot or not, that could throw off the rhythm pretty easily. So what we saw tonight was a guy who was letting it fly. He wasn't hanging in the air too long. I mean, he hit a couple YOLO shots that were just sort of, I don't know what he was thinking, um, and one on the shot clock buzzer. And, you know, the confidence that comes with that is rhythm. It really is a rhythm of the ball coming from the from the dip up into the shot and into the basket. And, uh, I mean, nothing was going to miss with him tonight the way he was going. And he played with comfort really in that second half more than we've seen him play in this entire playoffs where he's been pressing, fouling mm-hmm. out, getting text, getting in trouble. Mm-hmm. This was one where he, I, mean, I don't know why it took until Isaiah Thomas, the season ended for him to kind of play like this, but did he look more in control of this game than you've seen him in the past? Absolutely. He wasn't on defense. He was more balanced. I mean, you know, we, we saw a couple things where, you know, he got in the way of that last possession where that was actually worked for them for the Drevko three, but uh, for the most part, yeah, he was under control and he wasn't trying to do too much. And that's one of those switches that who knows, maybe it will go off eventually for him and it can continue. We don't know could be one one off or not but certainly those are the kind of building blocks you can say listen you can do this now and you understand better what you need to do what you don't need to do and that that was what he was doing tonight i mean listen will he make those same threes again uh i don't know but it was it was a real fun ride while we were were on it okay speaking of rides Jonas repko was a roller coaster tonight Mm -hmm. i mean he was flying out there you know, I asked Stevens after the game, what did he do for you to kind of enable that two-way, that kind of side-to-side movement that mm-hmm. they had offensively where they were running more of their Princeton offense in the second half? And he actually said it wasn't even about that. It was just the level of energy that he played with, mm-hmm. where a lot of guys, they sit on the bench, on the bench the entire playoffs are cold. They come out there, they run hard, and then they're gassed after five minutes. But mm-hmm. he actually kept that up. Yeah, and D. Will kind of got him, woke him up. He tried to set a weird screen uh, in the middle of the court as they're on their way down, which is kind of BS if you ask me, and uh, they, they stared each other down, and that kind of got him up and, and, and sort of uh, energized, and then he set a screen on D. Will that was legal, but man, it just laid him out. His neck like was, looked like it was hurting him after that, and uh, those are those little things that get the team to fight back, and they hadn't been fighting back at all in the first two games, and I think that was the key. I think Drebko showed them, listen, we can stand up to these guys, and I don't know what's going to happen, but if we don't stand up, we ain't going to win. But, you know, they still didn't win the rebound battle, Right. And, you know, that's a that's one that they're giving up on its face. But Tristan Thompson nearly won this game for Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And that's also why the, the free throw disparity was bigger than it might have seemed. I think people were upset that it was such a big uh, difference. But in reality, they were taking a lot of those fouls and putting him on the line when he got the offensive rebounds or near the basket. So, uh, yeah, again, here's a question. Who is going to blink first, Tristan Thompson's free throws or Marcus Smart's threes? It's a real interesting question, but uh, I would think that both will go down a little bit. But I would think that maybe uh, I think Tristan Thompson might go down farther. You know, the one thing is they can take away those free throw opportunities for Thompson more than, they, than the Cavs can take away those threes for Marcus Smart. Can the Celtics do that? That's been kind of the golden question for every playoff series they've played under Brad Stevens. Mm-hmm. We were talking about Al Horford and his boxing out on Thompson, and that's kind of a major weak point. Horford had a really kind of a rough game until the last few minutes where he's executing really well in his mm-hmm. off-ball actions. He had that big back-down shot. Was it over Thompson, I believe? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, down, down, down on the post, yeah. 
I think it was over Thompson, yeah. But how do you how do you handle the tenacity? Like, how do you deal with the tenacity of a guy like Tristan Thompson? Besides, obviously, sending two guys at him. Well, that's the thing is you can't give him too much space because if you want to sh- shade off of him or maybe like hope that he you don't think you have to guard him because he's not an offensive threat, that just gives him a runway to get going fast for that that shot and when it misses. And so he is so active that you just need to keep a forearm on him. You need to keep an, uh, your butt on him and your hip, and you just have to keep banging on him and never give him a chance to feel free to take two or three steps in a row that are unfettered or else that's when he's going to be able to get up high and explode and get those rebounds. Um, and, you know, he, they didn't do a great job of that, and they were lucky that they kind of came away. They won the, the turnover battle, which is a big one, uh, and they got the rebounds when they needed them down that stretch. That was a key thing. They did uh, keep them off the boards uh, in that key stretch when they came back from that big uh, deficit. Okay, so the Celtics have had historic deficits in this series in almost every single game. They had this massive 21-point comeback tonight. Is this something that they can actually turn around and continue to move forward in this series, or is this the one-off? I, you know, I want to say it's a one-off only because we're still in Cleveland, and that's going to be a thing where, they, you know, the Cavs are going to come out and they're going to try and step on their neck right away. And... Um, they don't have Isaiah Thomas, you know. Like you know, sometimes you see those rebounds for that one game where the star goes out, and they can all sort of click together, and they and then the other team kind of adjusts a little bit and figures it out. Um, so that's the key. Uh, will the Cavaliers turn the ball over 15, 16 times a game uh, in, in Game Four? Like probably not, and that might not be the difference because they only needed one less turnover, right, or maybe two less, and they win that game. So. I don't feel great about it, but I certainly uh, it was great to watch the Celtics do what they did tonight, and um, I, I hope they build on it because we deserve a good series, don't we? Well, we certainly do. And hey, at, we, at least we got one good Celtics classic style game, right? So at least they have something to look back on or something to show Gordon Hayward's agent this summer. <laughs> so okay, that'll do it for us here from the queue for Nick, Coach Nick of B-Ball Breakdown. I'm Jared Weiss of CLNS Media Network. We will see you after Game 4 right back here, right in this spot on the Garden Report on CLNS Media and Celtics Blog.